people yeah. perceive you as good as you communicate. So the trick will be a yeah, two out of yeah. 10, but you could take a really average yeah. trick and if you communicate it and make it the most suspenseful trick, you add in com comedy, dramatic timing, the actual effect itself <laughs> is not great. You can turn an average trick into a true miracle. It's not Steve Jobs creating YouTube videos every day, right? I mean, he's not even there anymore, but he's still kind of the face of the company. The same thing with Elon Musk and Tesla. You can be the CEO and the face of the company at the same time. I think it's the same in your case. Like even if you're not in the videos anymore you can still be the face of the company just by being the spokesperson basically hey everybody i'm your dutch friend jan and you are listening to episode 181 of the creator smarts podcast in uh yeah today we're back with another interview um with the one and only oscar owen now oscar is a magician from the uk he started out performing magic tricks in person at weddings and parties but he soon he quickly realized that there was this uh, opportunity to teach magic online and that's what he started doing so he has this youtube channel now with over a million subscribers and um it's uh, very educational, basically explainer videos. He teaches you how the tricks work, um, coin tricks, card tricks, simple tricks that you can perform at home. And uh, yeah, he has been doing so very successfully. And it's an educational YouTube channel, right? So he saw the opportunity to sell courses as well. And he has, uh, he's offering two programs at the moment, uh, low ticket or mid ticket, mid range tickets, uh, think the course is about two or three hundred dollars but then he also has a high ticket product that costs several thousand dollars and um oscar is still very young he's 24 he managed to build all of this is doing multiple six figures per year um can travel and he does so um very often so yeah i kind of wish that i could have reached all the things when i was that age um in this interview we're going to learn what it takes to become a professional magician a good magician um, how he went about building the course business how he does his marketing and um, recently he also started bringing in other people to perform or to explain um, how magic works in his videos right so he's not in all his videos anymore at least not the main like the main character anymore so we're also going to talk about transitioning away from your youtube channel while um, keeping that X factor, uh, while managing to um, yeah to keep that exponential growth or at least linear growth, right? Because sometimes you see that when as soon as people move away from the channel, it's not as successful anymore as it was when they were still doing the presentation themselves. And with Oscar, he actually seemed he seems to see quite the opposite, um, which is interesting. Not something that we have talked about before on the podcast. That's it for now. I hope you guys are gonna enjoy the interview. So let's go. Welcome to the Creator Smarts podcast. Tell us a bit about yourself. Of course, yeah. So my name is Oscar Owen. I currently run a YouTube channel that specializes in teaching the art of magic. And the channel's got 1.2 million followers or something. And it's got 250 million views. Off the back of that, I've launched my own card magic course and a bunch of other courses in the magic niche that currently do um, six figures pretty regularly. And yeah, I built a business essentially teaching the art of magic. Yeah. Um, so what, what's interesting about this, um, well, the way we got to this interview is that usually I, I have to do a lot of outreach to get creators on the podcast, but not long ago, a few weeks ago, I received a message from your LinkedIn. And um, I'm just really curious, how did you find out about the podcast? Yeah, so I mean, for me, I'm 
I'm looking to, as much as I love doing magic and I'm still doing that, I'm also moving into the online course world and the YouTube course world, teaching yeah. people how to create stuff. And I've watched a few of your podcasts just um, through, obviously it's, a, it's an area that I'm really interested in, learning how to create content online and then market it in, in terms of a course. So I'd seen a bunch of your stuff and then I went on your website yeah. and a few of the clients that you've worked with, I follow as well. So um, uh, oh, I've watched lots of their videos. I can't remember the one, the one guy I love. He's a gym dude who I think you've launched his course that sells, uh, it's $97 and it's like a 12 week fitness plan or something. Um, I can't remember what his name was, but yeah. Oh, I've Brandon. Basically, yes, Brandon, that's it. So I've Brandon seen those Williams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one. I've seen a lot of his YouTube videos and I think they're great. So uh, I just thought it was natural to, to reach out. And obviously I've seen your company as well. I think it's it's really cool. And I think the idea that you have behind it, which is um, a results driven company when it comes to creating online courses is really smart. So I just thought it was very interesting and I'm excited to have a chat with you, share any value I can and obviously learn from you as well. Oh, cool, man. Yeah, well, I really appreciate you reaching out. Did you first find out about a podcast or the YouTube channel? Uh, YouTube channel, then naturally the podcast, and then mm. yeah, then I just did a bit, bit of a deep dive, and I thought you did is 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 really cool. Cool. So maybe we should do more YouTube then. Anyway, uh, Oscar, I took a look at your channel as well, and um, I used to do magic and card tricks when I was younger. Um, there was no YouTube back then, but I was trying to, basically the only way to learn magic was to learn from friends, right? Like older friends who told you their, their magic secrets. Um, how did you get started in the magic space? I think you hit the nail on the head there. So, um, I first started learning YouTube. I started, got introduced to magic just through watching TV programs. So I remember seeing David yeah. Blaine and Dynamo pulling off tricks on, on their TV shows and I think it's just, I remember seeing the look of astonishment on people's faces when they did a magic trick and fooled people. And that just sparked a curiosity within me that led me down the path of learning magic and mastering the art of misdirection. Uh, from there, I basically, as you said, there wasn't much on YouTube and whatnot when I first started. So I found every book that I could. There were some YouTube videos. So I started learning magic on YouTube and I just spent a long time trying to, trying to master this art, which is a very time consuming art because you've got to spend hours and hours practicing slights and misdirection and what you say and what you do. Um, and then from there, I just actually started performing magic that slowly built. And I started doing weddings and festivals and all these different things, uh, being a full-time magician. But as you just said, very correctly there, full-time, I noticed that there was a massive, sorry, what was that? It's a full-time. Um, it was, but now can, the, can you make the, money with magic? Yeah, you can. It's, it's, uh, it, it is a very well-paid gig, um, in terms of like, money per hour but if you're only working you know 12 mm. hours per week because you're not going to be doing a gig at 10 a.m in the morning um you know you could get up 200 300 yeah. pounds an hour easily but if you're uh wow. you're really working three hours a day the money isn't actually incredible um but i didn't get into youtube yeah. so i do youtube full time and i don't do too much performing now just because uh, youtube is is what i do and the courses and whatnot but what i did notice is that there was a massive gap in the market when it came to actually teaching magic online. Um, most people who are teaching magic were recording videos through their webcam and it was just, they never got to the point of the tricks and they just weren't filmed very well. So I set about, basically my goal was to make the ultimate online magic school uh, in the form of a YouTube channel. And then from there I developed the course and whatnot. And I just had a look at your YouTube channel. It looks like you started your channel like six or seven years ago. 
Yeah. Is that the vision that you had at the, at the time? Like, you, were you, do you have a clear plan? Um, when I first started, no, I was still at school when I started it. Uh, so I'm 24 years old now, and I started it probably when I was yeah. 17 or so. And it was initially just to see to see what happened. I never thought about doing it full time. I never knew about courses. I wasn't really chasing views and subscribers. My first few videos I just uploaded because I just thought I could make a bit of a dent in the online magic teaching space. So I put up some videos. My, my hob other hobby is I love videography. So I just made sure to make these really cinematic kind of magic tutorials. And I think that just separated my channel from the other channels teaching magic. So the channel took off pretty quickly. Yeah. And then as soon as it started getting views and subscribers and obviously money, that's when I started taking YouTube a bit more seriously. Mm -hmm. What well, what does it take? Let's get back because I'm, I'm interested in the, uh, the profession, um, a magician. What does it take to become a good magician? Is it... Uh, do you need to be charismatic? Is it about the like the kind of muscle memory that you need to have your fingers and I don't know all the other parts of your body that you use? Um, is it is it memory? Is it is it something else? What what is it? What do you think makes a good magician? Well, that's a that's a really good question, and the the answer is a good magician. His only job is to amaze his audience. So you could do the most basic yeah. rubbish trick in the world. But if you present that trick in an astonishing way, that yeah. trick is an astonishing magic mm. trick to the audience. You could also take the most complex, the most technically gifted, amazing magic trick. And if you perform it in a really boring and uninspiring way, that trick is boring and uninspiring. So your communication skills are the most important thing. So if your communication is, if, if the trick is up here, but your communication skills are down here, um, people yeah. perceive you as good as you communicate. So the trick will be a yeah, two out of yeah. 10, but you could take a really average yeah. trick and if you communicate it and make it the most suspenseful um, trick, you add in com comedy, dramatic timing, the actual effect itself <laughs> is not great. You can turn an average trick into a true miracle. So when people ask me that kind of question, I always say, always work on your presentation and your confidence. Don't try and find the best trick or whatever. It's all about presentation, confidence, and how you come across as a magician. Yeah. So would you say that the best potential magician would be somebody who, are, who already is very charismatic? Because the only thing they have to do then is learn the trick. They already have the charisma. Yeah. So a lot of my students, it's, it's always wonderful teaching people because every student is so different. I teach people who, um, you know, they might be a university lecturer. So they're really good at standing in front of people and they've got loads of confidence but yeah. uh, they're 75 years old and they've got very little dexterity in their fingers. Those people tend to be much easier to coach because they've already got the hardest, yeah. the hardest skill, yeah. which is the communication aspect. Um, yeah. Magic is funny because I think beyond death or whatever it is, um, or spiders, the biggest fear is public speaking. And magic is public yeah. speaking, but on top of that, you're trying to pull off a trick as well. So it's a really nerve wracking yeah. skill if you do it in front of a lot of people. So I'd say one in three, one in four students who I take on my courses, their biggest struggle is the confidence and the presentation side of it. It's not actually the showmanship. It's not actually the technical side. Um, so yeah, I spend a lot of time yeah. with my students really working on building up their confidence and showing them how to present these magic tricks. Yeah, I see that you have two offers on your website. One is a self-study course for, I think it's $200 or pounds. Yeah. And then you, is it two or 300, right? Uh, $200 or well, 199, but yeah, $200. And they also have a high ticket product that's like a one on one coaching program for what was it? 3000? 3, yeah, 3000. So the, the difference between the two right. is yeah. um, everything that I just mentioned about that one is a do it yourself course, the second is a done with you course. So a lot of people want to learn magic, mm -hmm. but 
the presentation, well, I guess there's three tiers to it. There's my YouTube channel, and I guess this is the, the difference between all three. The YouTube channel just teaches you how to do the trick. So you go on my YouTube channel, you learn how to do a trick, mm -hmm. and how you present that trick is up to you. I just show you the mechanics behind how everything works. My online course then teaches you more tricks and better tricks, and it has modules on presentation confidence, so you can really learn how to... Yeah present these tricks to the next level. But then if you want, I guess, mm. my time and my one-on-one -on -one time to watch your performances, tell you where you're going wrong, tell you where you're going right, and really get that um, done with you service, that's for my, my yeah. premium package, which is the $3,000 one. Yeah. Yeah, because that's a question course creators often have, right? They're like, yeah, but how can I sell a course if I have already, if all the information is already on the internet? So there you say yeah. the thing that distinguishes the three is on YouTube, they just see a quick trick, right? Okay, yeah. here you got it, entertaining, you show some value. But then if you actually want to become good and really perform the trick yourself, well, you need to learn more, you need to go more in depth, right? So it's not just about how the trick works, but actually how you become good at performing the trick. And therefore, you also need to learn the, uh, well, the, the story, the, the presentation, those things that you just mentioned, that's what you teach in the course. And then the high ticket thing is basically, is basically access to you or is there anything else? Yeah, basically access to me and just any question, anything you've A got. Feedback, be, I guess. Yeah, which is, which it, what yeah. I'm essentially selling is speed. Um, for the high ticket one. If you want to learn magic as fast as possible and you've got the resources to invest in that kind of program, it's, in my opinion, the best one out there because no one else offers that service. Um, but I think you've touched on a really good point there, which is, I think there's a big spectrum of when it comes to how to differentiate free content versus paid for content. And a lot of people have the idea, which is you offer some stuff for free, but then the best stuff is what you keep for the paid for course. Yeah. And I kind of yeah. try and do it the other yeah. way around. So I put as much I, I put as much valuable free content out there as possible. 99% of everything I teach is 100% free. But then as you just touched on, how to implement that is what you really pay for. In the magic world, for me, it's how you communicate that, how you hold yourself, how you present yourself, how you really turn just an average trick into a really astonishing one. That's what you pay for. But if you don't want to pay for it and you just want the free trick and you want to figure it all out yourself, I teach you, I teach you all that online for free. But I think offering as much value as possible up front yeah. is one of the reasons why my course has done so well, because people go, well, if if this is free, what is in the paid course? What do I learn there? And then yeah. I'll be very happy when they when they get that. Yeah, it's it's interesting because there are nowadays you have lots of so-called viral magicians on the Internet, right? Uh, Julius Dean is, is one of them. Uh, we've been talking quite a bit lately. Um, so there, the idea is different, right? Like in the videos, you see, it's more like reaction videos. He performs a magic trick on the beach with two bikini girls. Um, they laugh, you see that reaction, they're surprised, their mind is blown. And then there's like, all right, this, how does this work? I want, to learn, I want to learn these tricks myself. And then there is a course. So there is a, a clear uh, difference between the free content and the course. So with your yep. channel, which is more, I guess, educational driven, uh, so again, Julius has an entertainment-driven channel. Your channel is probably more education-driven, although, of course, 100%. there's also some entertainment there. Um, and then some people might think, okay, but you're already giving the tricks away for free, so what else? Are you, yeah, what are you going to offer in the course? And you just, well, you just explain that very clearly. Um, you can always go more in-depth, of course. It's also about the organization, right the structure of a course is like you don't have to go around youtube searching for all the videos everything is structured more in depth yeah. 
no distractions. And then there's also just a financial commitment, right? Okay, I've yes. just paid $200. Now I'm going to learn all the tricks that are in the course. It's something you don't get on YouTube. So just for the listeners who are still not convinced, or still don't have the confidence. Um, yeah, thanks, Oscar, for explaining the difference so clearly cool. so I do, I do hold things back as well so there yeah. are obviously tricks that i don't teach on youtube that i do teach i do teach uh, in the course and i'll never teach them on youtube because i think they're too good to reveal that but as you say i mean there's there's different ways to do it as you said judas dean he's really talented and he's built very successful courses in the past uh, to do with magic but it's a very different business model it's get as many views as possible show the reactions create a curiosity gap so people want to know how that thing works and then they'll pay the money to do it yeah I think it's harder to do high ticket courses with that kind of business model because at the end of the day, what I've really learned from selling courses is people just pay for results. All they care about is the results. They don't care if it gets, it gets them in five steps, 10 steps, all the added bonuses, they're always great. But at the end of the day, somebody buys my course, they want to learn magic and they want to learn magic in the fastest and best way possible. So my whole thing is if I can communicate mm -hmm. that I'm a really good teacher to them via my free content on YouTube, uh, then they're much more likely to invest in my course and buy it. So that's my end goal, is to basically just teach people magic in the fastest, easiest, and most streamlined platform possible. Cool. Let's talk a bit about marketing then. Why do why do people buy your courses? Is it they just want to learn a magic trick or is it something else? Like what is the bit? I had a look at your sales page. I don't remember the exact headlines and everything, but what's the um, what's the promise? Is it learn magic tricks and become a more attractive human being um become a social break the eyes like what's the um how do you yeah. position the course yeah i think there's different different ways to sell magic courses because there's the the ultimate goal you know with magic is not to learn magic it's to learn magic to do something right you want to become a magician because you might want to impress people yeah. you might want to get someone's number you might want to become the interesting grandparent or someone who can connect with their children better or you might want to become a professional magician so with my course I've been very careful about it because I don't want to go down the route of like, oh, if you want to get a girl's number, like buy my course. I don't, I try not to sell that because I want to, I don't want to appeal just to that market. I want to appeal to, I think the slightly older market of people who want to learn magic and really want to spend time mastering this art because it's something that A, they love, but B, they have, they can make their own reasons up why they want to, why they want to get it. So you'll notice on my sales page, I don't say, I say become a more impressive person, but I don't say things like, um, I don't hammer home the point. They're like, oh yeah, if you want to get someone's number or connect better with your children, I don't go into depth on any of those points. I might just mention them. Um, and that's because I, my, the people who want to learn magic, I realize is such a broad spectrum. It's, I've had people take my course who are literally mm -hmm. like 10 years old because they're just really interested in magic and the parents have got it for a birthday gift. And I've had people who are like 82 take my course because they've retired, they've got bad finger dexterity and they want something to do. So I try and be as ethical as possible <laughs> and not try and hammer home the point that like, oh yeah, you, you've got no friends and it's going to be a way to make, meet new friends. I don't, I don't like that as a sales pitch, as it were. So I just generally sell the idea that magic can make you more interesting, make you more well-rounded, um, and I kind of let the magic do the selling and I try and let people create their own reasons why they would want to buy the course. Just my course will get them to their end goal. So if you watch my sales videos, I literally mention everything. And there's probably, it probably isn't the most efficient way to sell the course. I'm sure if I just went hard on one point, get this course, you'll get this result. It would be better. Um, but 
I want to appeal to a broader audience and that's what the course is currently doing. Yeah. All right, cool. Do you, um, how do you sell the course? Do you just send people to the website? Uh, do you do email marketing? Is there a funnel? Do you run ads? What's the, uh, what's the sales strategy yeah. there? Yeah. So 99% of all my sales are organic through my YouTube channel. Um, I've just, as of yeah. this month, started doing paid advertising. Um, we're just in the testing phases of that, mm -hmm. so I can't really comment how good or bad it's going. But the, yeah, the paid, yeah. the sorry, the organic marketing, I've basically been running some, I literally, some videos, I just send people straight to my sales page. Other videos, I um, do other things, like I've got a webinar that I launched a couple of months ago, and that's doing really well. And inside the webinar, mm -hmm. I teach mm -hmm. what I think is the best magic trick ever created for free. So it's a big statement to say this is, what I think is the best magic trick, but I, I genuinely believe it's the trick that I do to close my stage shows. It's the trick that if you gave me a deck of cards and I had 50 people around me and you said, perform a trick to amaze all these people, it's the exact trick that I would do. And I teach that 100% free in the webinar. And that goes back to adding as much value as possible upfront. And then obviously at the end of the webinar, I sell my yeah. course and say, look, this is just one trick of 50 in my course, plus the presentation, plus how to do slides and whatnot. And Obviously, then I offer them a discount, and that's been a really good way to start driving yeah. uh, sales to my course as well. I see YouTube yeah. very much as like a marketing, like a just a place to get eyeballs and a marketing platform. Um, as much as I do have a community there and like to build up the community, yeah. the point of my videos is to get as many eyeballs on the screen as possible and then direct those people into a funnel where mm. I can then do email remarketing and all that fun stuff yeah. as well. Yeah. Do you have a newsletter or something, or do you do regular promotions? Um, I don't, I do have, so I've got an email list of about 20,000 people, which is obviously great. Um, and the way I built that was on a lot of my videos, I have another funnel, which is like a free magic masterclass. So you basically, you sign up, I get your email and then mm -hmm. I teach you five incredible tricks. And then there's an automated system that will then send them follow up emails, selling the course, obviously giving them discounts, giving them loads of free value, like free tricks from inside the course and whatnot. And then usually when I post a video on my channel, I send that video and some advice about it to my um, audience. But I think uh, email marketing, just because yeah. there's so many moving cogs and whatnot, is definitely something I need to improve on and probably need to outsource to to someone else to really run that to um, generate more sales. So I've been thinking about that yeah. recently. It's so interesting to hearing this because we, we launched this mastermind retreat in, uh, in the Canary Islands a few weeks ago. I was last month. And there was about 20 yeah. YouTube creators, many in the language education space. And the number one topic that we talked about there, or the number one topic that people wanted to learn about was email marketing. <laughs> it's, it's, it's funny that you're, that you're mentioning that as well. Do you know like what percentage of people come from the email list versus straight off the website or the, of the YouTube channel? Any ways to, to track that or? Yeah, because also or every, if someone buys it through my emails, it's always cheaper. So I use what is called a, I'm sure you're aware, yeah. a deadline funnel. So, so I have yeah, a deadline funnel on my email marketing. So if, if I sell the course for full price, I know they've just got on my videos, they've clicked on my course, they can bought it because there's no way to buy it through my emails at the full price. Uh, if they sign up to my free tricks yeah. usually, and then they get the follow up emails and all that fun stuff. One of the ways that I've been able to convert mm -hmm. more people is by adding in a real deadline to um, to mm -hmm. the to buying the course through my email. So it's called a deadline funnel. Yeah. Where for the people who don't know and they're listening, uh, when people will get my first email and I'll say within and I'll at the very bottom I'll have a let's say a fifty percent off the course or twenty percent off whatever it is, but this expires in seven days. And then if you click on the course sales page to 
to go and buy the course, that deadline also appears on the sales page. And then when the deadline is up, the sale is also up like in genuinely, it's not like a fake countdown time or anything. And that really creates the idea of um, people wanting to buy it within a certain period of time. And that definitely gets more sales. So I'd say about 70% of my sales come through email marketing, 30% through just people straight up buying the course. Yeah. Yeah, those numbers are pretty much in line with the numbers that we see uh, in, in all the niches as well. Um, when we're talking about YouTube yep. creators in the education space, selling courses, um, majority still mm-hmm. comes from email. Um, all well, right. Email, you can What's the, um, send it multiple times. Yeah. Yeah, well, that, that's the thing, right? Maybe they don't buy during the first week. But then during Black Friday, you're yeah. going to do, do a sale where, yeah, where you, I don't know, where they get a big yeah, discount. And you know, some people yeah. are warm, right? They go to the website, they buy the course there. And some people are just not that warm. Uh, cold leads, right? I have seen one video, they're curious yeah. to sign up for the webinar, but they're not ready yet. Maybe they don't have the money um, or they don't have the time. But hey, you know, money is in a follow-up. So why not why, get their email um improve keep working on that relationship right because that's also what you do over email like you send more value more valuable lessons um you build that relationship by maybe sharing some personal stuff and then at the end of the month that's going to be another promo hey and maybe maybe now they're ready um yeah you can offer a bundle sales i mean you only have one course but if you have multiple products you can offer bundle sales discounts flash sales uh crazy combinations um yeah, YouTubers, you know, the, the the thing that we often talk about is like you never know what the algorithm is going to do. But if you have that mailing list, you, you find ways to keep those guys warm. Um, that's your insurance policy, 100%. right? Yeah. What's the vision for the economy? Yeah, you, you and, and the channel. I mean, for the business overall. Is it, hmm? So what's the vision for, uh, the, the, vision uh, for, the, for the channel um, and for the academy? You just keep it growing? Yeah. Yeah, I think the the YouTube channel at the moment, it's it, there. there's like internal visions in terms of I want to obviously keep improving the course, keep building the community within the course. Uh, we've had some great success stories. Someone recently went on Australia's Got Talent and did some of the tricks from the course on there, which is amazing. And I guess just getting oh, more people really? through it and teaching the the art of magic, which is which is, I think, you know, an absolute gift. Um, like you, obviously, I know you I saw on your LinkedIn, you love traveling and yeah, so do I. So that's the thing we've both got in common. And uh, I think the vision that I try and sell people is that magic is just very much a universal language. So last year I went traveling for nine months, went to all these different countries and it was amazing. But magic was the thing that allowed me to communicate with people uh, who didn't speak English. I'd be like in the Himalayas, in Nepal, doing Everest base camp and whatnot. And be doing magic tricks up there or I'd be in like a tiny village in the Philippines and showing people magic there. And I think that magic is such like a wonderful skill to have and you don't need to be a professional magician to learn it. So I want to, you know, teach as many people magic as possible. That's the bigger vision um, within the course itself. But externally, it's for myself, my own vision based upon the course is to be able to travel more, to see much more of the world and make it much more of a passive revenue stream that allows me to, I guess, live the life that I want to live and have control over my time. Yeah. So that's kind of the, the twin vision there whilst helping as many people as possible, obviously. Do you film when you travel? Like you said, you went on a trip last year for, for nine months. Do you manage to film or upload content during that time? Yeah, somewhat. Um, I could have been, but I only uploaded like four or five videos in those nine months. So not much at all, but it's fine okay. because 
I mean, online courses are just the ultimate form of passive income. Um, you, you, in, your investment is your time up front, making the course, putting in the time, filming the videos, doing all the marketing. And then when you have um, either people running ads for you or you have like, like I've got an on organic um, source of traffic, which is YouTube, that does the selling for you. And then when you can automate everything, that's the beauty of online courses. There's basically no overhead costs apart from the servers. Uh, everything gets sent out instantly. The emails get sent out instantly the, to access the course. The profit margins are unbelievable. And that's what really opened my eyes when I was traveling. I realized that I didn't have to upload every single week to YouTube to keep this business running. In fact, I could just do it once a month and and keep everything running. Um, obviously, really. within my coaching programs, I was still doing weekly calls with my students there. So I was obviously still working when yeah. I was out there. But I think it really taught me about separating time from money, as Tim Ferriss talks about famously in the four hour work week. So yeah, that's yeah. my motivation to keep that work life balance, but also scale the business at the same time. Mm. Do you, do you have a team or do you do everything by yourself? So I do for my YouTube channel, um, like video editors, script writers, um, thumbnail designers, and I've got a couple of video editors and whatnot. Uh, and then in the marketing for my online course, I work with an agency and they, I've only just started working with them, but they run the ads and they give me the scripts to say, so yeah. I'm trying to outsource again as yeah. much as possible and then just keep the bits that I really enjoy, which is filming yeah. the videos and talking to the camera um, to myself. So I do have a team, but I don't have, they're not full-time employees, they're freelancers. So they're effectively full-time because yeah. I give them work every mm -hmm. single week and we're always working together. But it does give you that freedom and flexibility to yeah. just jet off to a different country and perform out there and do some magic and film stuff um, whilst they're working wherever they live in the world. Do you, when, when you travel, have you never considered doing those reaction videos, like doing car tricks on the beach? Or is that not something that you want to get into? Yeah. Could, couldn't that be like a, a wider um, top of funnel approach? Yes. It's, it all depends on your brand image and stuff. I have, I mean, I worked with Julius Dean. I think I told you briefly, <laughs> um, we went to beaches. And yeah. we, I was filming for him. We went out and we went to beaches and we were filming all those videos <laughs> and I have done it in the past and I'm flying to India in a couple of weeks and I think I am going to do some out there just to experiment with it. In the past, it really hasn't been my brand image. My brand mm -hmm. image isn't trying to make viral, viral videos that get like 20 million views and then trying to sell a course at the end of it. It's just try to teach people magic in a really clear, easy way. And then, hey, if you want to buy my course, you can. And if you don't want to, you don't have to. But as you say, it's always worth adapting and experimenting on new things. So. I am going to India in a few weeks just to specifically try that out. I think India will be great because there'll be crowds of people everywhere. So going to get some some good magic tricks ready for that and see what happens. Um, whether or not it'll work or not, yeah. I have no idea. Obviously, I don't want to cough and, uh, Julius Dean and the other viral magicians out there, but we'll see. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I can see how that kind of content could complement uh, all, that, all that, like that back catalog that you have. Right. So that way, like the viral videos could be a way to to get the eyeballs, as you said. But then when people are actually interested and they watch a few of the videos and YouTube also also starts suggesting the videos like the explainer videos where you where you ex expose the trip. Um, I think it could be a really interesting top of funnel approach. I don't know. Maybe you're going to attract yeah. the wrong, wrong audience. Just... Maybe your current audience is not going to like. Yeah. Well, this is the thing. But, it's but all even about, I feel like say, even if you're going to. We have a Yeah. I think yeah, it's a bit delay, but I was just going to say, so I have, have delay, in the past, yeah. I have also, yeah. <laughs> in, in the past, I have, I have done that. So I have gone to festivals and we've done, 
very Julius Dean style, watch the pen, watch the pen, gone, and everyone freaks out and stuff. And last month I started posting those videos on a new Instagram account I made and they go super viral. So I started teaching stuff and posting viral things. So I was doing both. And I think I got 20,000 from a new account, 20,000 followers in like three weeks on Instagram, which is very quick. And I know if I kept doing that, it would grow. But the kind of people who are following me for the, for the viral videos, they're not people who wanna learn magic. They're just people who go, oh, that's cool, follow next video. They're not people who are like specifically invested in learning magic. And they're the people, when you're charging $200 to learn magic, you need to find people who are willing to invest in it. You'll notice with Julius Dean's courses, they're significantly cheaper. He does have upsells afterwards, but his entry point I think was like $47 for his course because that's much more of an impulse buy. My course is an impulse buy. It's something that you really think about. You want to learn magic and you would get my course. If you're just trying to learn some magic to impress your mates at the bar, then you might get something like he's got. But I think mine is a lot more for the people who are invested. Yeah. So if I were to reframe the question, if I yeah. were to create a course that was like bar bets and impressing your mates and all that kind of stuff, then I think the mm. viral stuff is perfect for that. But what my Card Magic Pro course currently teaches, I think is just a different audience. And I don't want to, like merge them together but i might create a uh i might create yeah. one where it's like bar bets and fun stuff as well so we'll see yeah um i think it's interesting you mentioned that i mean in the end it's all about positioning right like a, a marketer could mm. say why not do more viral videos on the beach sell a low ticket product for 40 47 bucks and then offer the courses that you already have as an upsell on those courses right um, I think in the end it comes down mm. to what what problem are we solving exactly? Um, like if yeah. things are going well, you you're getting the traffic, you're happy with your with your current sales. Um, yeah, of course you want more sales, but maybe ads can can solve that problem, right? Running extra ads. Um, yeah, I guess that's the question yeah. in the end. What what problem are we solving here? But it it would be it would definitely be an interesting experiment because we know that people. I'm going to react to that stuff, right? And people on YouTube, at least the general audience, like reaction videos. We work with, um, so last yeah. week we had Shalma uh, on the podcast. He's this guy from New York that speaks all these languages. And the reason why people follow his, his channel is because of the reactions, right? They don't expect a white guy to speak Chinese. All of a sudden he speaks fluent Chinese. Um, mm. I've, I'm seeing the same thing in, in, in Julius's video, like, it's about the reactions. Now, the problem with those channels, with entertainment first channels, is that only a very small segment of the audience is actually going to be willing to buy that course, right? Whereas with the education first channel, like the one that you have, you can mix. Yeah, I don't know. In the end, it's about positioning. Um, what's the what's the magic space like? Like, do you think you are the biggest language school or creator lat? Uh, magic school or like what what's the competition or what what are your yeah, colleagues doing what is the space what yeah well the funny thing with the magic niche is very interesting because there's very low competition i mean it's it, over time it's getting higher and higher and higher for sure but in the teaching magic niche because teaching magic is it's as you said at the very beginning of this interview it's a very new thing like when most people learned magic 5 10 15 years ago it was through word of mouth or books if there was some stuff on YouTube, it was normally very poorly filmed. And my whole goal with the YouTube thing is to kind of bring magic into the 21st century and teach people on YouTube. But the niche itself is very interesting because to, to get into the magic niche, you've got to spend hours and hours and hours learning magic. 
And most people who are willing to do that aren't then willing to teach the secrets because they want to become magicians and perform mm. magic themselves. So the number of people who are willing to learn magic and then create videos about how the magic tricks that they've just done, how the magic tricks work is, is very, very small. And the barrier to entry to this niche is very high. So there aren't many people teaching magic. There aren't that many people um, who teach it, especially in the way I do with a YouTube channel and whatnot. There are people who sell magic for sure, but most of the time they just do performances like Julius Dean does and then say, hey, if you want to learn this trick, pay me 47 bucks and, and you can learn it. So I think in the specific niche that I'm in, which is like how to do magic and long form content, there's like three other people trying to do it. Um, the course itself, oh, really? all my courses together now, there's over 10,000 students. So it's like, I'm fairly certain it is the biggest magic school in the world. I've, I've proudly put that on my website because I've looked at every other magic school even David Blaine's masterclass, but, and it's got, they've got less students than my course. So um, I think it is, yeah, the biggest magic school in the world, which is, which is awesome. So I can claim the official Hogwarts title. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really, it's really <laughs> great. And it's, it's awesome to build a community around magic and something you're passionate about and teach to other people. That's cool, man. Congratulations. I mean, you're only 24 years old. You managed to learn YouTube marketing and magic, right? And what you're doing here is a combination of those, uh, those three. Um, you ever thought about like launching a membership or anything on, on, on the top of the course or building more courses or doing some in-person events? I don't know, throw an annual either retreat or a masterclass or like a meetup for your students or in-person event. Ever thought about those things or you just want to keep yeah. things as passively as possible? Um, keep growing the channel, travel well, for a few years and maybe come back to this later. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there. It's right now, it's not quite what I'm looking for. Um, I want to enjoy my life. I want to travel, see yeah. the world. So I'm sure um, you can vouch for it. It's just, that's what I want to do and see places and experience life, I guess, whilst, whilst I'm 24 and I've got no commitments really and all that. So I think, you know, if I launched a mastermind, I think it'd be very possible, but it's not quite what I'm looking for. Um, and obviously membership programs, you've yeah. obviously got to keep updating them and keep doing weekly things or monthly things and offer more and more value. And I'm also looking to to shift tax into teaching people very similar to yourself about online courses and YouTube, because I think it is it, the, the magic niche. There's only so much magic that I know. There's only so much I can teach. So I'm actually starting to get other magicians on my channel now who are much, much better at me and using my channel as a platform for other magicians to teach things because as much as I'd like to teach 50 new tricks, I don't necessarily know 50 new tricks. I could learn them but then it's not as authentic because I don't necessarily actually do those tricks and I don't know how to perform them. So I'm trying to use my magic channel as a bit more of a platform for other magicians now to share their craft and share their 20, 30 years of experience to other people who want to learn. And then I want to spend a bit more of my time moving into teaching people how to make online courses, set up YouTube channels, do marketing and whatnot. And I think it's funny because there's so many links between magic and marketing. Both of them is all about psychology and uh, bringing out emotions in people and to storytelling and whatnot. So I think that transition from being a professional magician and, and I guess, you know, telling stories as a living and it to, to marketing and teaching people how to do all that is a very natural transition to make. So I'm really excited to, uh, mm. to get into that world as well. And obviously connect with people like yourself and other people and, um, start delving into the online yeah. marketing world. Okay, you just touched on a very interesting topic here because on the podcast we talk a lot about how creators can build a business that can outlive them. Um, and from mm. from what I'm hearing, 
you're also thinking that way, right? You're thinking, okay, I want to travel. I want to think about ways how I can continue to grow my channel without me having to be in in all the videos. Yeah. Um, how do how does that how does that work? Like you said, you're going to partner with uh, other magicians. Um, have have you thought about the business yeah. model? Are they also going to create courses in the end? Are you going to pay them a fixed fee? Is it going to be a ref share thing? Um, and I'm asking this because I'm, I'm I know that our listeners they're thinking some of them might be thinking about similar uh, well similar solutions, right? They're getting a bit older. They have been doing YouTube for ten years. They're having difficulties keeping that traction. And they're like, hey, maybe I want to, maybe I should take a step back, um, focus on some bigger picture stuff, and maybe there's a way to turn my personal brand into a business brand that can actually continue to grow for the next ten years. Mm. Um, yeah, would you like to elaborate a bit on on the 100%. on the, I mean, on the vision there, what, what you're doing there? Yeah. So, you, yeah, that's a really good question. And the way in which I approached it was, I realized that there were so many talented magicians out there, but with YouTube, as I'm sure you know, there's there's so many things that go into creating a successful YouTube channel. It's not just you press play, you press record, upload a video and it goes on. And I spent seven years trying to master the art of YouTube, really understanding the right lighting, the right filming, the right storytelling, uh, how you edit videos to make people want to watch them. And all of those skills are things that I've built up over time. And that's how I built my YouTube channel to 1.2 million subscribers. And I started noticing other magicians who were incredibly talented posting videos on YouTube and they were getting like 30 views and I'd be watching these videos. And I'm like, man, that dude spent 20 years learning that slide and about 30 people have seen it. He's way, way better than me. So it initially started off like that. It's like, well, what if I gave him a platform um, on my channel and I paid him? So I just, I hate it when people say, oh, we'll give you exposure for pay for um, payment because exposure doesn't pay their bills, right? Mm -hmm. So I started reaching out to, I've already done it on my channel. Mm -hmm. So I've already got the next 10 videos already scheduled out and okay. it's other magicians. So I still introduce the video. I say, hey, Oscar, and I still do the voiceovers, um, but the actual person performing the tricks is someone completely different. And I say that, so I say, look, this is so-and-so, he's a very talented magician from here, check out his socials, blah, blah, blah. And then he will be performing his tricks. I also pay him for those tricks, because I think it's really important that, you know, magicians get paid for the skills that they have. But then for my benefit is I can make a really good return on investment, because if he teaches, a really powerful trick and I can sell my course a few times or I get views from AdSense or whatnot, yeah. or I get a new subscriber who buys something further down the line, I get a return on investment from him actually like being on my channel. So I did one the other day, um, a very talented yeah. magician from Iran called Hamed, a sleight of hand champion from out there. He'd been trying to mm -hmm. do magic on YouTube, but his channel going all right, but you know, 100, 200 views per video. So I just paid him and I put some of his sleight of hand on my channel and I introduced it. Viewers loved it because their point of them following my channel isn't for me, but it's to learn magic. And I'm still there, I'm still introducing everything. And as soon as that video did well, I was like, okay, we've got a good idea here where I can actually step back from the channel. So then what I've done is I've reached out to a lot of magicians, given them the same offer. And yeah, so I've, I'm in the beginning stages of it, but the beautiful thing of it is the hard work, which is spending hours and hours learning those slights and then filming it and all that, that's done by someone else. So I've outsourced that bit then outsourced the video editing, the script writing, uh, outsourced someone to write over the voiceover for me. And all I do is sit down in front of the camera, introduce it, give the voiceover, and then that's the video done. And if that video gets a million views or a hundred thousand views, 
I'm going to make a return on my investment. So it's a win-win for both parties. Do you think that videos done by all magicians can outperform the, your own videos? 100%. Um, the, really? I have a very, over the years of doing magic and teaching it online, I've got a good understanding of what works and what doesn't. So, you know, the kind of, you need some really visual tricks in there if you want to, to get like a million views per se on a video. And I can, I, I spent so many hours trying to play around with different videos that I know what will work and what, what, what won't. So I give these magicians guidelines. I say, look, yeah. make these kind of tricks, these in this kind of order. And I basically tell them exactly what to do if I was in their shoes. The only difference is they're performing slights that mm are so advanced and it would take me five years to even get them nearly as good as what they've got, um, or maybe less than five years. But you know what I mean? They, mm. They're performing slights that are just really, really good. So for sure, they, because the quality of what they're teaching is better than I can do myself. And some of my subscribers who are better than me at Magic as well, but they still want to learn new things, will be find those videos really valuable. But to perform well on YouTube, it's not just about what you teach, it's about how you teach it. And that's where my strategy comes in. So. That's why I'm fairly certain all the videos should do really well long run in the long run. So would you agree with that with like a channel like yours, the the visuals and the quality of the teaching is more important than the personality of the person who teaches it? Um, yeah, 100 percent. Yeah. So if, if, you've, if you've got a vlog channel and it's all about you and you then switch out the main guy, obviously people are going to be annoyed, but people subscribe to my channel not necessarily for me. I know some people do and some people were a little bit like, oh, where have you gone kind of thing. That's why I still make sure I do the voiceovers. My face is still introducing it and I'm still talking to the camera a bit. But when it actually, when you switch out the person doing the sleight of hand, it hasn't made a big impact on my viewership and the video going viral. Um, so with YouTube, yeah, it's, it's all about, you've got to find out like what your audience wants, what your avatar wants. And for me, they just want to learn magic, yeah. whether it's from me or someone else, it doesn't yeah. matter too much. And then because of that, that's why I can outsource the magic from other people. Yeah. It's interesting to hear that because I've been observing channels that um, made the transition from a personal brand to a business brand in the past, meaning they started out as the solo mm -hmm. presenter. And then over time, they started taking on yep. or adding other presenters to their videos, whereas now they took a step back and presenters are running it. Um, from some of the channels that I've seen, they're not growing as fast or they're not getting as many views anymore as before when they were doing the teaching them, um, themselves. Um, there is this example, you, you know, Nate, Nate Black, right? You, you've seen some of his videos. Yes. Yes. Oh, channel makers, channel makers. Yes, yes, I do. So, so yeah, so Nate used to be part of the, uh, the channel makers channel. And then a few months ago, yeah. he started his own channel and like, I think the channel makers channel has about 200,000 subscribers, whereas he only started a few months ago. And I think he already has like 20,000 subscribers or something, but he's getting way more views on his videos than the new videos on the channel makers channels are getting. Um, so he managed to, uh, to take all this, all this following with him basically. Um, so seeing that I was thinking, I, I thought it was a really interesting experiment, right? To see whether changing the presenters would actually affect the number of views. I think in that case, it, 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 it really did. Um, people really came to the channel for Nate. I mean, the, the data backs us up, but you're saying that in your case, 
you you feel like it's not really the case. Do you have any idea why why there is why this can work? Why taking on or why bringing in other presenters can work for your channel, not for other channel for other educational channels? Is it because magic is more is more visual? Is it because those people that you bring in are just better than you? Um, yeah, any idea? Yeah, it's all about how you how you frame the channel from the get-go. So if you were to try and transition, you wouldn't want to just do it in one big hit, like overnight. You'd have to slowly move, remove yourself from the yeah. channel. For example, in the magic niche, there's a really mm -hmm. famous guy called Chris Ramsey. And he teaches magic and does puzzles and all this kind of stuff. And if he were just to remove himself from his channel because he's a personality, people subscribe for him. He's very engaging and talks to the camera all the time. He wouldn't be able to do it. I'm yeah. dead certain he wouldn't be able to do it. But for me, 95% of my videos anyway are just my hands teaching the magic tricks, performing the tricks. Yeah, and okay. it's just me introducing okay. it and saying how to do the trick. I don't share much about my personal life. I don't really go on vlogs. I don't take you to the okay. shops with me and tell you when I'm upset or tell you when I'm feeling great. All I do is teach magic. That's all my channel's ever done. And that's always been the purpose of it. That has its benefits because I can remove myself much easier mm -hmm. and have more longevity to the channel, especially in the magic niche, which is, as I just said, it's hard to keep producing new tricks all the time. But the downside is I do think it is slightly harder to sell things. People buy because of authenticity and trust. And I think I have been able to build up authenticity and trust in my channel because not because of who I am, but because of the tricks that I teach and the quality of them and whatnot. But most of the time, the reason someone subscribes to a channel is because they like the person. They feel a connection to the person teaching them. And yeah. I definitely don't have the strongest connection with my audience because I don't talk to the camera and just share my day-to-day -day life all the time. Um, so when it comes to removing myself from the channel, I yeah. think that's why it's quite easy. But at the same time, if I then wanted to set up a second channel, which I actually have done, um, it's very, I can't do what Nate Black just did and just bring over 20,000 subscribers in a couple of weeks and get 20, 30,000 views per video from the get-go because people, they, they don't they don't really care too much about who I am. So that is, I think, the difference. It's just the way in which I've set up the channel. So anyone listening to this who wants to remove themselves from the channel, which is a great thing to do long, you know, long-term, it allows you the freedom to, to do other things. I think as Stephen Bartlett said, the only way to start something new is to quit the thing you're already doing. And quitting is just as important as starting. And quitting doesn't have to mean outright stopping it. Yeah. I'm not stopping doing the YouTube channel. I'm still introducing it, but I'm quitting the amount of time and I'm putting into the channel and offloading that to other people. But you don't want to do it overnight. You want yeah. to remove yourself slowly. You want to bring in other people so other people can build in trust with these new presenters or whatever. And so when you eventually do make that full switch, yeah. it's much more natural and authentic. Otherwise, I think you risk losing a yeah. big part of your audience if they subscribe for you. Yeah, we always say, Starting with a personal brand is the easiest way to get started, right? Because that's how you're going to be able to compete against big companies, big players who are already out there. Like no matter how good or how bad your content, there's always going to be a group of people that are going to like you just for your personality. So that's your unique advantage mm -hmm. and often the fastest way to get traction on YouTube. Although faceless channels are becoming a thing as well now, um, on a side note. Um, but then obviously the disadvantage of that is that is not really scalable, right? Especially if you want to travel, like you can't, <laughs> you can't create a hundred videos every week. Now, of course, there are, there are tricks for that. You can, I mean, there's, there's YouTubers out there who do like collabs or podcast interviews, and then they take snippets of that, publish that on across 
different channels um, you can always repur repurposing as one content to get more exposure with the same amount of time in front of a camera right but eventually if you want to become a, like a real company a media company a publisher an education company you need to as the owner you need to step back and oversee you need to keep that big picture view right now some people do really like being in front of the camera so i think there is a world where you can do both where you can and make videos and at the same time be the ceo of the company but then there's those people who are just more passionate about the business than about being in front of the camera right so then bringing on bringing in other teachers putting them in front of the camera who are maybe even better or more charismatic than you um mm. it's a way to grow um yeah and i mean we're going to be watching as well you have we, five people yeah so I think there's delay. Yeah. But if you've got five and people... And I think there's also a word... You know, I think, uh, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> um, I, I also think that there's a world where you can do both, right? If you look at, like, Apple, I mean, it's not, it's, it's not Steve Jobs creating YouTube videos every day, right? He is still... I mean, he's not even there anymore. But he's still kind of the face of the company. The same thing with, with Elon Musk and Tesla, right? Like, he's still... You, you can be the CEO and the face of the company at the same time. I think it's the same in your case. Like, even if you're not in the videos anymore, you can still be the face of the company just by being the spokesperson, basically. Um, yeah, like Mitchell Thomas is a language learning. It's, I was just thinking that's what makes it scalable when you're able to, to bring in other people. Like, it depends what your goals are. If you just want a lifestyle channel where you make a bit of money on the side, by all means, keep doing what you're doing. But if you're thinking long-term and you're thinking about okay, five, 10, 15 years from now, do I still want to be sitting in front of the camera making videos? Maybe, but like, how much will I be earning? And what will I be doing? And how will I be spending my time? If you want to really grow your business, some people can, if they're the, the top personality on YouTube, of course, you can like make loads of money doing that. But you've just got to think about it from a more like business perspective, which is, well, if I want to grow this business and scale it to like a seven figure business or eight figure business, whatever it is, Am I going to be spending all that time sitting in front of the camera, pressing record and trying to do X, Y, Z? Or if I bring in new people, will that help? Or if you do want to be in front of the camera, you just need to outsource the, the parts of the YouTube process that A, you're not good at and B, you don't enjoy. So the biggest bit of advice I always give new YouTubers is when yeah, they first yeah. start doing it is outsource your video editing. Video editing takes like 80% of the time of making the entire YouTube video. And there are so many video editors yeah. out there, so many. So if you just outsource that, it will free up your time to spend more time in front of the camera if that's what you enjoy. Yeah. But if you don't enjoy spending time in front of the camera, then think about that yeah. early on and think, okay, if I were to transition away from this, how would yeah. I do it? Or let's just say you don't like the script writing process. Um, for me, I don't particularly like writing scripts, but I love speaking to the camera. And so I'm gonna continue doing that. I'm just doing it on a different channel. Yeah. So I just outsource my script writing. I tell people to mm. tell me what to write. Obviously I read it, put in my own thoughts and my own stories yeah. and make it relevant to me. But that's outsourcing work that I otherwise wouldn't want to do. And that just buys back my time. And I think that's the most important thing is, yeah. you know, the whole point, the reason I did YouTube and yeah, left yeah, a nine yeah. to five wasn't to replace it with another nine to five and doing things that I don't like to do. The reason I do YouTube and make courses yeah. is because I want to talk about things that I'm passionate about and make videos on things that I'm passionate about. And the bits that I don't like, I just get other people yeah. who are really good at them and really enjoy doing them to do for me. And I think that's the beautiful thing. And it frees up your time. It separates mm. time from money. 
and it can allow you to to live a life where you can travel if you want to you can spend more time with family and friends if you want to and earn passive income on the side so i think that's just the beauty yeah. of the digital world online courses and it's such a new industry as well that's yeah. the crazy thing five years ago being a youtuber wasn't even a job five years ago online courses weren't even a thing yeah. so for people listening to this wondering oh maybe it's too late to start youtube or too late to start creating online courses and whatnot it's not it's it's literally like an industry that pretty much got started during covid when everything was like on went online hmm. yeah so also for you know those who are thinking by themselves hmm doing well on youtube but getting tired of tired of making videos actually before considering to bring in other people you should do exactly what you just said is asking yourself the question okay well, how can i make this fun again how can i make this easier again and most of the time it starts with hiring a video editor or a script writer right or maybe you need help with accountability maybe you need somebody to come to your house mm. once per month to batch record a bunch of videos and you know we work with youtubers who are very productive like one very high quality video every week and they only film one morning a month yeah. Um, but again, it's only possible because they have script writers and they have a, a home studio, basically, um, and video editors and a video producer who comes up with uh, video ideas at the thumbnails and who, who manages all the other people. Um, yeah, again. And actually, by the way, if you're listening to this interview and you want to learn more about that, we do actually have a free training on how to build a YouTube production team. And you can get that if you go to our website. And sign up for the newsletter. On the thank you page, we have uh, free trainings. One of them is called How to Build a YouTube Production Team. And in that video, Oli shows exactly how he does that. Um, Oscar, thank you so much. I really appreciate you reaching out and um, yeah, willing to be on the podcast. Have this conversation and share your knowledge with our audience. If people want to learn more. Now, first of all, is there anything else that you want to say? No, uh, if you want to check out YouTube, then go to YouTube forward slash Oscar, which I was very fortunate enough to get that handle. YouTube forward slash at Oscar, and that's my channel. So that's where I teach magic. And yeah, uh, that's that's where you can find me. And then learnmagic.com is where all my magic courses are. Just in case any of the listeners are keen budding magicians and they want a great course um, to learn magic on. I'm going to check it out. Thanks. All right, that's it for today. I hope that you liked this conversation. And if you did, and please tell your friends, your creator friends, because, you know, it's always these kind of interviews, this kind of content that inspires you guys to do more, push to the next level. And, um, yeah, I know that because that's what you guys tell me whenever we meet in person. And if you want to meet me and Ollie and all the other creators, like some of the guests that we interview in the podcast, if you want to meet us in person... Then check out the website, creatorsparts.com. Um, sign up for the mailing list there because we um, we host these uh, these inner circle networking, me networking meetings every now and then. And we also do an in-person event once per year. Um, so, yeah, all the information is there. Um, see you in the next episode.